Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. What's up everyone? Welcome to another week of spiritual shit and I hope that you had an amazing one prior. It's such an incredible response to uh, last week's episode, Deborah Silverman being on. And uh, I just want to give this a moment to, to make sure that you go and sign up for her free 10-day immersion program where she goes through astrology. We had such a good time last week and there was so much to learn about how astrology works in our lives. I'm really excited about this week's episode because we are talking all about past lives and spirit guides with Ainsley McLeod and uh, it was just a joy to have him on the show and hear his knowledge from his spirit guides that he talks to very avidly directly that you will get to hear um, in, in real time. Uh, he also gives me a reading on our Patreon account, which is so, I, I know about some of these lives. And so it's kind of cool to have another person affirm those things um, that I haven't really even said out loud. It's, it's so, so cool. Uh, this week has been crazy because I've been really sick all week. Um, maybe I've gotten a little bit of a sexy rasp, I'm hoping. <laughs> mostly stuffy though. So not so sexy. Um, and so just trying to heal up from that, but we had such a good time yesterday, um, with my Patreon workshop people and then our mystery school. And I won't advertise our mystery school too much anymore because we only have, I think like four spots left open. Uh, I wanted to keep the group small, but those of you who have participated, we had so much fun and it was so, so cool to see all of the gifts that you guys have. Uh, it's a community that I was trying to put together in order for other um, people who are starting this journey to uh, either discover their gifts or uh, improve their gifts and find a community to do that with. And so I kind of feel like I'm onto something here because <laughs> we had such a good time, but we also like, it was so groundbreaking for, for those who got a chance to practice and, and play with that. And I, I enjoy so much teaching and helping people understand more about what they have to offer the world. It was just, I mean, I, it really, really blew my mind. I was so excited to see uh, them flourish in that way. And uh, yeah, so if you want to be a part of at least our workshop group, which is still open, um, it's a $10 tier. You go to patreon.com slash the lovely in order to be a part of that. Next, we have um, our workshop course that is not a part of my Patreon. This is something I'm doing with Sharon Eskandani. Some of you guys know that we had the manifest them that we released uh, last Valentine's Day uh, to find your equal and capable partner. That is still available if that is something that you would like to gift someone or yourself in uh, understanding manifestation better. But something that was really cool that we discovered while we were doing that course is a lot of the gaps that hang open, like gaping gaps in manifestation practices and what we call law of attraction and have come to the the conclusion that law of attraction, at least in its kind of outdated stage, is kind of trash. <laughs> and, I, and I say that with respect, um, no shade to Rhonda Byrne. Uh, we all needed to learn the secret and understand uh, the preliminary, preliminary aspects of law of attraction. But um, we, me and Sharon have developed a live course that is coming up called Manifest You 2022. I like rhyme. And, um, it's from resolution to solution. So us looking into this new year and how this new year is going to affect um, our life and trying to find not just ways to fix ourselves, because I think resolutions don't really work. It's more about finding actual real grounded solutions to our, um, our problems and our manifestations and our blockages. So I think we take a very different approach to what manifestation can look like and look at some of the, uh, 
you know, deeper layers that keep us from being able to picture ourselves in places that we'd like to be. And then also understanding, uh, where, you know, like auditing our, our desires, where do those desires come from? Do they come from places of scarcity or comparison, um, you know, or society even, and, and get to the real root of what it is we actually desire on a soul level. Um, it's going to be groundbreaking and I'm really excited to, to offer this, uh, to you guys. And so anyway, that is December 12th, um, at 12 to two EST, a reply is available if you're not able to make it live, but it is $97 and you can go to manifestthem.com slash 2022, uh, to register for that. We do have a limited space, so make sure that you try it, uh, as soon as you are register as soon as you can, um, it's something that I do think is going to be really, really valuable and being able to, and it's probably going to be a part of something that we end up doing more in the future, uh, a new wave and a new look at an updated aspect of manifestation. If you feel like you've tried it all and it just doesn't seem to click, I, I get tired of the manifestation models that make us feel like we're doing everything wrong or that the universe is kind of against us and the way that sometimes our desires, even, even like asking for those things makes us feel bad. And we have to get kind of, there's like a pre-step <laughs> um, before the vision boards and all that kind of stuff that we need to address in order to get into a space where we're ready to receive. So we're going to talk loads and loads and loads about that. So if you want to join us again, December 12th, uh, 12 to 2 p.m. EST. So uh, I think that's all for our announcements. Uh, I am uh, deeply excited about this episode because I asked a ton of questions and Ainsley was so patient with me. I was so excited to have him on our show because I had heard about him uh, some time ago and I've read some of his books and and a really, really kind person uh, that has a lot of information if you are interested in past lives and spirit guides. So anyway, let's get into that episode right now. Ainsley is a past life psychic and award-winning author who works with elevated spirit guides to help spiritual seekers express their soul's highest potential. He wasn't always a spiritual teacher. In fact, for most of his life, he was a regular muggle, as he put it. He ran into his deceased uncle at a bookstore in Hawaii, an event that radically reshaped his understanding of the universe. Until that moment, he was an atheist and a total skeptic. He used to think life was just a series of random events, completely devoid of any meaning. But after that encounter, he had a whole new worldview. Through his uncle, he was able to be introduced to a whole new universe and that life was anything but meaningless. His reason for being here, he learned, is to be an emissary for elevated spirit guides and help others discover their life's purpose, a challenge he's pleased to say he's embraced with a passion. With the support of his spirit guides, he takes people on a journey to their deeper self and a world to discover their soul, why they're here, and how to live each day aligned with their highest purpose. His destiny is to help you find your life purpose by uncovering the plan your soul created for this life. And according to him, he says, you can never truly know who you are if you don't know who you were. Please welcome Ainsley to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely. And today we have the acclaimed psychic past life regressionist Ainsley McLeod. And we are so honored to have him on our show today. How are you doing, man? doing great thank you very much <laughs> good, good. Yeah, how are you doing today i'm i'm awesome i'm awesome i'm so excited because today we we're talking a lot about past lives and past lives are something that a lot of our audience really enjoys hearing about and really enjoys the process of being able to discover these mm -hmm. these other lifetimes that give us more insight to how we can heal ourselves in this life um mm -hmm. what's really interesting about you though is that being a past life regressionist it's not necessarily that you're a hypnotist it's that you're a psychic and well, so that's the difference Te technically well I'd, if I, if you were working one on one with me I wouldn't progress you I would just tell you what happened in your past yeah. life it's just simpler and I'm already in the zone so yes I use my psychic abilities for that if I'm working with a group of course I can't do I can't do that so I'll do a regression Mm -hmm. in that case yeah but i love that because it's a it's different than you know that we've had a few past life regressionists on the show which is really awesome um so there's just a different way in which this information comes yeah. to you and i'm very aware that you have a very strong connection to spirit guides so this interview will also talk very much about spirit guides because that is a big part of the process in which you're able to deliver a lot of that information um but before we get to that can you please just kind of give us a little bit of your background and your story um, for those who have not read your amazing book, the Old Souls Guidebook, which I have right here, <laughs> um, and also the instruction, just to give people a little bit of background on who you are. Yeah, um, 
well, the, the simple the story I always tell is that you know, because people always ask me, well, did you always know you were psychic? And I absolutely didn't. I had never even thought about it. And uh, of course, looking back on my childhood, and I see all these weird things that happened. And now, I, of course, I know they were psychic phenomena. But back then, it's just like, oh, life, life's weird. <laughs> What's happening? I don't understand. I never really followed it through, you know. So um, I had a couple of major epiphanies later in life. Um, and actually, one of the things that kept happening, it, it happened for quite a few years, um, probably a total of maybe five or six times where um, psychics would tell me that I'm psychic. Mm. Somebody approached me in a in a bar, actually twice in a bar in London, um, somebody at Gatwick Airport in London um, just approached me and said, I'm psychic. And my spirit guides are telling me you need to be doing it. And so it's always the same message about me working with spirit guides. And of course, me going, oh, I <laughs> well, how to even begin, you know? Do we have spirit guides? I, I, I was convinced uh, that there was nothing beyond. I was a total atheist for for decades, and um, right from the time I was tiny, and uh, you know, just just convinced anyone who thought there was anything beyond something wrong with them. You know, it's like how can how can you be so weak minded? Um, <laughs> and then I just had a couple of wake up calls uh, that were really huge. The, the the big one the big one I always talk about is when I ran into my deceased uncle in a bookstore in Hawaii. Momentarily, I mean, it's like for like a second, but with a long message about working together and so on, um, and that completely woke me up. Mm-hmm. And so I started researching, trying to figure out, you know, really what the whole thing was about. What what was um, intriguing to me was how, how as well, how do psychics know that these the things that that they tell you, you know, where where does it come from? So it got me really intrigued to research that, you know, because if they're able to um, tell you something's going to happen in the future, where is that? They have to be getting that information from somewhere. So that got me into uh, exploring things with spirit guides and really, you know, using them. In fact, one of the things I was just contemplating this this morning over breakfast was that um, when I first started uh, doing the work, people would um, ask me questions, and I'd go, gosh, I have no idea. And then I'd go, shoot, I've got spirit guides. And, you know, they're standing by the whole time. And even now, sometimes I feel, oh, gosh, I don't know what to do about this. And then I realize, oh, spirit guides, you know, like, just, <laughs> of course they're there. You know, so I use them for, for, for lots of things, but I've kind of, um, you know, developed a, a, a relationship with them over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's become such an important part of, of um, you know, what I do. So just going to the source and, and asking questions, you know, and rather than sort of just going with what I read from a book, saying, okay, well, how does this work? Sitting down with the spirit guides and saying, okay, let's let's go back. Is this really how karma works? Is this really how that works? And, and uh, yeah, kind of going back to basics and kind of making those assumptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big part of, you know, what I did. And that's, that, of course, is in, in the books. Plus the whole system that they gave me for understanding who we are and why we're here. Um, which, what which, we're going to talk about today. Which, right. <laughs> I mean, right. I love that it, it came to you kind of later in life. You know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who are, uh, you know, especially on this show, a lot of our listeners are in this process of going through what people very trendily call the awakening. And they're in the space of trying to discover their gifts or parts of themselves and connect to these other energies and, and, and whatever. But it always feels like, you know, you want more and more and more and it's not really quite getting to you. Um, or at least like that's been my experience. I have, I've grown up very weirdly intuitive and have experiences with spirit as well. Um, but then also having this kind of block with it, having this fear around that and not knowing where that comes from. And so your work that you do with people with their past lives and helping them understand in order to integrate what's keeping them from that is, is very healing. And so um, I wanted to ask you before we really get into the past life portion of the interview um, about spirit guides, because I always get this question, who assigns us spirit guides and <laughs> where do they come <laughs> from? And why is it that, you know, like, there is an obligation for someone to to guide you through like is there someone beyond that level who's like pulling the strings here and matchmaking us to these other people how does that work well the spirit guides always say that they have to use metaphors to describe things because there really is no language for us to understand what happens on other planes of existence where it's really happening all um, energetically so you know when they we talk about spirit guides and different levels and so on 
Um, it is a metaphor, you know, I mean, exactly what it looks like. It's very hard. As they say, we can't really, on a physical plane, get our heads around how spirit really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I mean, we would have advice. That's my understanding, you know, wise, wiser or older souls, maybe, um, when it comes to making decisions. But actually, the funny thing is there's no coercion. There's no, you know, you need to get back down to earth and get, you know, doing whatever it is it's it's the soul once once the soul is free of the conscious mind you know back on the astral plane between lives it's just totally pragmatic all it's doing is saying well we've had this experience and we've learned this well how about we see the other side of the coin that would be sort of simple basic karma um you know, we, we want to have this kind of experience. Maybe we could choose these parents because they'll trigger some things in us that we have to work on and so on. It's just pragmatic. So the soul, you know, because if, if it was up to the conscious mind, we'd all be, um, we'd all be choosing lives of wealth and, and, and luxury and, and so on. But the soul's kind of going, no, I need to learn what it's like to be really poor. And it, it's making those decisions. Sometimes it gets here and it kind of goes, Maybe this wasn't the wisest choice, you know, bitten off more than I can chew or something like that. It's not always perfectly chosen, but interestingly, the older the soul becomes, the more lives that you've had, the more times you've reincarnated, the more specific the experiences you want. Hmm. Younger souls, just any old chat will do. It's coming in here and it's all it's all good good experience, just building, you know, getting to know what it's like to be human and being on the physical plane. Mm-hmm. But when you get to be a really old soul, it's much more important that you interact with members of your soul family, those that you've known before in other lifetimes. And the, the reason for that is a lot to do with building intimacy. Mm. So most souls are seeking really deep intimacy, and it's easier to do it with souls that you've known before. So, mm-hmm. so the, the search for soul family actually becomes much more important as the soul ages. Mm. It wouldn't be a big deal to, to young souls, but for somebody like you, absolutely. S- searching for soul family all the time. Hmm. Interestingly, um, what I found is that most people who are doing podcasts and things like you're doing are trying to bring people together to Hmm. heal past life stuff. It's actually karmic and considered to be a spiritual act. Hmm. Yeah, I heard that on another podcast you did. I I extensively researched you. Don't feel like a stalker here, but uh, (laughs) there's a lot of uh, interviews that I listened to where a lot of the people who are in this position to ask these questions are trying to get this information to other people. Uh, are, are in an older soul position. Um, it's what's interesting. We're going to talk about soul age, and the essentially because there's loads of people that come in. Oh, I'm an old soul, and everybody yeah. claims to be an old soul, but right. you know, like, are we? I don't know. Um, and even with my my, I just had a baby five six months ago, and uh-huh. she comes in with this insane energy that I'm like, okay, like she feels like she's going to be my teacher. Um, but when we're talking about soul age, what is, what does that look like? Like, really, what does that look like? Yeah. You, you kind of spell it out in your book that, um, and if you can briefly tell us like, kind of like, cause you go from one to 10, um, what each one of those, those levels essentially of the soul and what their kind of purpose or their, their uh, characteristics are. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, life is like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's all about learning. It's like, you know, being in a class. And if you came, if you, Wanted to learn something complex, like play the violin or something. Um, you wouldn't expect to do an evening class, one, just one, like an hour, and, mm-hmm. and have it down. You know that you have to practice. And same thing with reincarnation. It's just coming back over and over, multiple times, and really learning and building, building on the past. So um, for most old souls, for to be a really old soul, You've probably been on the physical plane, back and forth on the physical plane for about five, six, seven thousand years. So we're all different events. Mm-hmm. Um, we we would have come in with a big group of, of our soul family, mm-hmm. um, but let's say it's five thousand years ago. We all come in at the same time, mm-hmm. and we all get to the finishing post at uh, different rates. Um, but yeah, so for a really old soul, you've probably been a, you know, a few thousand years. Maybe 120 lifetimes, 110, my spirit guides would say would be about average. And that teaches you really everything that you need. Um, people have often asked me, do you need to sort of, do you have to be perfect, you know, to get, to finish all your lives? And the spirit guides always say, no, just, you know, otherwise you'd be here forever. You're just good enough. <laughs> yeah. You'll be all right. So, um, <laughs> passing grade. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, just like, but it's really about making sure you've taken care of, some of the, all the major lessons that you really need to learn, you know, all the kind of stuff around rejection or whatever it might be. Um, so the, um, the problem, if, well, if, if there is a problem, is that the soul doesn't die between lives. So technically your soul's on life number one, even though you're on life 120. So because the soul doesn't die between lives, it, it um, sees what happened maybe 300 years ago as just being an earlier part of one life. Mm -hmm. In a way, it would be like if we were looking back five years or something, and it would be mm. pretty fresh. So, you know, if, if we'd been, I don't know, hit by a bus five years ago, we'd be pretty cautious around buses, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, curf more careful than we have been before when we cross <laughs> yeah. the road, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the salt is basically, but you know, building and and learning you know, from all the experiences that it has, how to, how to you know, better handle life. Mm -hmm. So um, does it, the soul obviously doesn't die anyway, but in between mm -hmm. levels, does it have a reset or is it always just present throughout the, you know, because you said you can have 120 lives within level one. Mm -hmm. um so is it like there's a reset in between when you transition into a new level or how does that well, work it is a sort of reset in a way what you it's more a processing that you do i think of going to the astral plane between lives is processing and planning mm -hmm. so you're trying to make sense of all that happened um you can't fully understand a life that you've had until you do that because right. you can't once you go to the astral plane well you know how your actions affected other people and the, the sort of ripple effects you created and so on. Stuff that would be literally impossible to do while you're here. Mm -hmm. And so that you, you go, you sort of uh, figure out what you've learned, what you still need to work on, plan for the upcoming incarnation, when and where that's going to be. You choose your parents, they choose you, and all of that is that, like a soul level choice. Mm. You were asking, by the way, about um, soul levels and, the, and those 10, 10 levels in all with multiple lifetimes to teach that takes us to, you know, through the, the whole experience. Mm -hmm. Roughly about halfway through, you go, you go from being a young soul to an old soul uh, and a big shift. The, the biggest, well, most noticeable thing is really going from a very outward focus to more in introspection. Introspection is really a sign of being an older soul. Mm -hmm. So within each of those two levels, the young soul and old soul, we've got five levels. Um, and of course, there's 10, 10 in all. Um, level one, you're just kind of coming in, getting used to being on a planet. Uh, nothing, you don't want anything too challenging. Just coming, um, as I think I said in my, my book, you just want to, you know, learn how your reproductive organs work and how you, <laughs> you just like, you know, generally what it's like to be on the, on the planet. So, you know, that's all. The soul is always just trying to get used to, you know, trying to learn what it is to be human. So it's, yeah. it's the first time out. It's kind of a little scary. And then you start to get warm to it. Um, level two, level three, sort of starting to get more interested in community belonging. Level four, that's be, you know, very much about so, um, coming together. You see mega churches and stuff like that are places where young souls who need that community will, will, will find it. Mm. everybody's in lockstep everybody's you know it's like they're all on the same page and that makes them feel very safe there's a lot of fear i won't say the soul's journey takes it from a place of fear to love mm. or from me to we it's just of, um, different ways of, of looking at it politically it, it's your soul ages it goes from being more conservative to more progressive it's, it just learns that we're all connected and, and um, also goes from being more strictly religious to more spiritual mm -hmm. as, as it ages as well so once you get into the old soul half, like I say, it's more of an introspective focus, working on your own kind of stuff, um, a lot of personal development, um, you know, so you get to be an older soul. You know, maybe to begin with, you're just kind of building your confidence, working on creativity is a common thing in the, the earlier lives. Mm -hmm. And then um, you find a lot of older souls. People that are drawn to my work, and I think it would be drawn to your work too, tend to be level eight, nine, ten souls. They're they're much older older souls. Hmm. One thing that is funny is that the older the soul gets, the, the more irreverent it tends to become. So when you see things like spiritual shit, it's like, <laughs> oh, there's an old soul. <laughs> you know, young souls would be, oh, what's this irreverent? Oh, you know, <laughs> like, or something. Yeah, yeah they, we don't uh, take ourselves like, too seriously. 
My spirit guides have said old souls swear a lot more than young souls. It's yeah. Like one way you can, you can identify them. Well, that's funny. Um, so what is it like? What is the last ladder of that look like? Because I, I, I think I heard, um, you know, you were being interviewed by Oprah. Oh, we are a fan of on this show. Uh, and, you know, talking about, um, you know, level, she was a level nine, um, but then talking about then level 10 being, uh, it's like, you're almost done, basically, you're kind yeah. of like here getting ready to finish the race. And so you have these aspects that are a little bit more like retirement kind of. <laughs> yeah. It can definitely be like, like that. You can even see it sometimes in kids who come into the world and, you know, the, the old soul kid who looks like he just wants to retire. Yeah. You know, I'm done. <laughs> So when we when we talk about the age of the soul, what happens once you've completed all your cycles and you're no longer coming back to incarnate here on Earth? Where where do you go? What's next for your journey after then? Well, where do I have to begin? In between lines, you go into the astral plane. So um, what you do at the end of all, let's say your soul has said, okay, well, that's our last life. We are done. We go to the astral plane, uh, process it. We agree. Do we get to decide that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, this, that's what I'm saying. The soul makes these very pragmatic decisions. So if it feels it needs to come back, it will just do it. It's just, mm. Okay. You know, it doesn't have to be told to do. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, it's just the soul is so motivated to grow; it'll do whatever you know it takes. And mm -hmm. uh, what what your soul will do is, let's say it says, "Okay, we're, we're done here." It will wait until other members of your soul family join it, which could take a long time and you know it's like i said that horse race you know everybody sort of gets to the end at a different rate mm -hmm. um time's fluid on the other side so it's not like you have these souls kind of all looking at the watches and going oh god how long will be here it's just like you know but you just wait for everyone to cluster and then you you will certainly act as a spirit guide and uh that's a, that's actually an essential part of what we all do we all have to we, we will have to be spirit guides as well it's mm -hmm. part of sort of like the last stage, if you like. Then when you you join together, you uh, you form more of a group and you move to another plane, causal plane. It's where um, spirit guides that I work with are, are that sort of group, if you like. You know, so, um, who, who would have been all one soul family at one time? Mm -hmm. They have more so, sort of like a group feel, you know. So mm -hmm. it's, I don't I don't feel I don't find myself talking to individual. Um, yeah. souls quite as much as I just feel I'm talking to like a family mm -hmm. so you move on to that and beyond that it's just um, gradually being reabsorbed back into the universe is uh, my understanding so you know we our job here is done and we're and the the amazing thing about this is that the process of, of coming in from the universe like a little spark from a flame coming in having these lives coming back out again and taking all your knowledge and growth with you is happening a gazillion times every minute all over the universe. Hmm. I mean, it's um, I mean, incredible. We can't get our heads around the scale of a thing, and and just there are souls everywhere, and they're going through that same process. And what On happens, other planets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, when I first asked the spirit guides about, you know, life on other. <laughs> parts of the universe is like oh my god you have no idea you know, it's like, <laughs> the earth isn't like, special in this process as far as like when we talk about earth school do we also then hop around and go to other planets or do we incarnate once here and then we go somewhere else or like you, you just you come in here you come in from from the universe from this called um universal consciousness they call it you, you come in sort of like a, at least it's sparks coming off off it and then being reabsorbed at the end of it, that you're done. You know, people ask, well, you know, do we flip from being human to being a dog or whatever? Mm. No, mm. you're human from the from the get go until you've, um, you know, completed your lives. I don't see people on other planets. Maybe it happens, but I've not come across it mm. at all. Okay. So it's like, yeah, my experience is that you no, know, if you're if you're a human, you 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 be human from from the beginning, and you will be till the end. Um, unless something if you blow up the planet or something, I'm sure this is going to be a sort of plan B. But um, yeah, well, there's a lot of people that come in and they're like, "I'm a star seed, and I'm from this planet, and I'm from that planet," and that's that's not a thing. Not in my experience, it's not. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I giggle about it because there, you know, like there's these tests that you can take, and it's like, where what planet are you from? And people are like, I know it's just one more aspect of someone trying to be special. And no offense, to anybody I think it is. It, but like, it does. It does feel like that. It's it's like, uh, oh gosh, yeah. where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there. So oh my gosh. In this process, you know, like we go through these, first of all, like you talked a lot about the astral planes. Um, can you uh, tell the difference between the astral plane and the causal plane? Because um, for people to know, like we're in the earth plane and then there's the astral plane where the angels and stuff are or the spirit guides are. And then what's in the causal plane? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. So the, there are different dimensions and... Uh, the astral plane is a little bit easier to access. Think of it as being a little bit closer. That's where we go between lives. Mm. We process, we, we plan. And uh, there we, we're going in and out. So other souls that we'd interact with, there would be ones that are still going through all their lives. And probably we, you know, ones that we've known and we're interacting with spirit guides and for, for figuring out where we go from here. Um, once you go to the causal plane, it seems to be a little bit different. Again, you know, the guide's saying we, we have to use metaphors, but it, it feels like a, more like you graduated to this higher level and you're certainly not having to come back out of it. You, once you're on the causal, you're there until you decide, well, this is it. We just, as I say, you, the term they said is being reabsorbed into the, the universe. So we're merging consciousness. Yeah. And okay. when you do that, all the the growth that these billions of souls have gained uh, all over the universe, it adds to the the sum total of the consciousness, mm-hmm. which is pretty cosmic when mm-hmm. you think of it. The, the spirit guides have likened it to taking, when you go, when you've learned everything and you go back out into the universe, it's like putting a little dropper of pink dye into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they say, you wouldn't see any difference just from that one dropper, but if trillions of souls are dropping well, that red dye into the, the ocean, um, it'll that start red to change color. <laughs> exactly. You know, so. so what is the, what's the point, you know, what's the point of all this? And like, I know this is like a loaded question, but I, I you know, I've been reading the channel works of Ra and then other like stuff or whatever that talks about our densities and all that kind of stuff. But like, What's the point? Like we go through this earth school, we go through these lives to have this progression, to have this growth. Um, we then become spirit guides to help other people and to, to essentially really grow our consciousness in a, in a, in a level and then be a reabsorbed to the universe. I, I understand it as the universe uh, experiencing itself. So the universe, whoever that may be, <laughs> is like, you know what? I want to learn and grow and expand it at this level, you know, for however long. But it's almost as like our mind cannot comprehend it. Is there a yeah. God figure or someone in, you know, above who's kind of like, you know, like we're running things or is this some grand experiment? <laughs> I'm not sure if it's either. Um, I mean, there's the, there is no. I mean, we we do have that sort of patriarchal idea of you know the old bearded, bearded <laughs> geezer, you know um, that. No, there's levels of consciousness and so on, but you know it's just you know, really, you know, to be honest, I think from what I I understand, God is just a you know it's a, it's a term. I mean, people say to me, "What's the difference between spirit guides and angels?" and it's, well, it doesn't matter. It's just you know semantics, and in a way, we're we're trying to put put um put words or label to something that sometimes we just don't understand and um so you know if you want to call it god higher consciousness spirit guides well it's just whatever it is but there's but the, the thing is there's nobody sort of there's nobody issuing orders um sending people to eternal damnation mm-hmm. um or any of that sort of thing there's no puppet master kind of uh, operating the whole thing mm-hmm. we have free will but we also have life plans um you know when you're asking about what's the point um really the the ultimate goal is to learn love i mean mm-hmm. to really really um be able to bring that love into the universe and that's really the energy that you know those little droppers are all about mm-hmm. and uh, so um knowledge love those would be the sort of main things we're here to learn we're here to learn really to 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 be loving um and that's why I find, like, you know, the older the soul, often the more, the more likely the person is to be doing volunteer work or, or you know, where the, the purpose they want in their life has to do with helping others. 
Mm-hmm. It's all yeah. part of that sort of learning. We really are all connected. Mm. Wow, that's really beautiful. Mm. Um, so let's talk about past life fears and past life trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, and I've heard like you know you can have ailments in this life because of a past life fear something that happened to you you know one way or another um you can have health issues based on something that happened to you previously um so if you can speak a little bit about that what that what that looks like and what that means for people and even a a story you know you have a lot of them but a a pretty potent (laughs) story maybe of someone being able to to get in touch with that information and and healing themselves in this life yeah absolutely well oh boy i mean i where to begin (laughs) so um past life trauma if you think of something happening in a past life like um uh, being betrayed by somebody uh, enough it has to be enough to take you off your life plan Mm -hmm. um whatever plan your soul has it has to rise to that level for it to show up in future lifetimes Mm -hmm. but let's say somebody betrayed you maybe you know you're married to a, a guy you have no money of your own he throws you out of the home it's like um you're, you're left in terrible poverty you know these sort of things it's kind of thing i find in past lives a lot um would show up in this life as uh, trust issues mm-hmm. um strong feelings about injustice so on you know all the the stuff that your soul would have learned from from that so we are all of us uh, people say to me you know we don't remember our past lives. And I go, well, actually we do. We just don't remember them consciously, but we show them all the signs. We remember them through the body, through the, through the, the fears, phobias, limiting beliefs, talents, and so on. I mean, talents are all past life abilities. Um, uh, all phobias are past life fears. Mm-hmm. They're death-related fears. Um, so the kind of stuff that I help people with would be... Um, Looking at fears like around rejection, helping people to feel more like more connected, um, self worth issues, fear of inferiority. Um, is one that you've got, which you're actually overcoming um, by doing this work and that self expression. You're learning to really put yourself out there, mm. speak your truth. There's also judgment as well. So I would imagine you've had to overcome maybe a little bit of self consciousness or something about being in, in you know so much in the in the spotlight because mm. the thing is you're actually meant to be a little bit more out in the spotlight than you are there's a little oh. bit, you know, <laughs> yeah you know, like, that's so funny because there's a psychic who uh we interviewed and then so i talked to a mind healer uh, like i interview everybody that we talk to and have on the show um i try their services in one way or another so we can talk about it on the show um mm. actually guys who are listening uh if you go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah, we will uh ansley's going to give me a mini reading and you guys can see his work there and that'll be really cool but uh they said something similar and i was like okay mm. i've felt it i've known that this is something to be a part of my path i'm just like uh, you know, it feels, it feels, it, I feel a way about it. <laughs> well, you know, the part, the reason that you, that this is something your soul wants to do, and the reason you have some trepidation is because of what happened in the past life. And we're going to shift out that fear, any block there today, um, simply by yeah. revisiting the past life. So if you're good, I'll tell you what happened. Let's, um, let's do it. Yeah, I'm just going to refer to my notes here. Okay, so. I'm just going to dive into it here. Um, you had a past life. This is in Germany after just after World War II, since the uh, 1940s, late 1940s. Mm. Um, you were female, and you were actually, uh, amongst other things, I don't know what else you did, but you were a beauty queen. You actually you know, won some competitions. Mm. Um, I was really surprised. I was saying to the guys, you know, I thought in post-war Germany, where people were really having I know. Know, competitions, <laughs> they were saying you know just trust us this is what happened mm-hmm. um you won a couple of competitions i mean we're talking about really low low level you know sort of like this is not this is not some some huge glitzy stuff but it was like an attempt i guess to get back to some sort of normality after the war yeah. um you were accused of sleeping with a judge and that was and that was why you had um why you'd won um it was actually true you mm-hmm. had but it led to terrible humiliation, and you're actually forced to return your awards, um, all the awards that you had, so it was presumably from other competitions as well. Um, 
And they said that you had already lost everything in the war. The family had lost their home. You'd lost everything you had. And you had nothing. And as they put it, now you lost your dignity and respect. Mm. Uh, let me see what else. Then they went straight to the end of that life. And they said that you died. There was some illness it was to do with drinking contaminated water. And mm. then um, toxic shock, which is interesting. I don't, I don't remember seeing toxic shock come up in any other past life before um, mm. that I've looked at. So I'm not sure exactly how that shows up. Uh, this is after childbirth, apparently. So I don't know anything about toxic shock, but um, I would imagine there's a f um, fever or something. If there is, I don't know, do you get hot at night? That's yeah. usually a sign, yeah. It's like, yeah. If, you know, if you're almost kicking off the blankets and pulling them back on, that's a, that hot and cold thing is usually a sign of there having been fever in a past life death. Um, and I only say that because it's not a big deal. It's not, not going to affect your, your lifeline, but um, sometimes you see these things healing up a little bit and they're a sign of, of deeper healing elsewhere. Mm -hmm. maybe deeper emotional um, uh, stuff. They talked about, the spirit guides talked also about, um, they went through a bunch of the fears that would be related to that life. Uh, they said you're drawn to spirituality, and they didn't say why, but it was somehow connected with, with that. Self-expression is, that's the big one. Self-expression is, is a fear that's created when you get um, persecuted or you stand out or you're suddenly in the spotlight and it's not going well, you know, mm -hmm. getting, they're getting into trouble. So the, the, what the guides were trying to um, flag here is that y you're meant to be seen, but holding something back there a little bit. And the, the, the problem is you're going to have a push and pull because you, you, you know that on one level, consciously, you know that to be the change that you want to be in this world, you really need to be out and... You know, people need to know who you are because that's going to be how you know you need to find that big audience. But at the same time, Saul's going, uh oh, if we if we you know put ourselves out there, we could get in big trouble. Yeah. So it pulls back at the same time. So we need both soul and conscious mind and everybody, mind, body, and spirit, sort of going in the same direction here. Mm. So there's also self worth issues that come from that past life. Um, there's a lot in the humiliation there that you, you went through. Everybody, even maybe you're, you know, it's stories in the papers and everybody knows that you you did this thing. And, um, so the self-worth issues are something you've had to work through in this life. Um, usually it gets better. Do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 37. Yeah. So most of my clients are between 37 and 43. Mm. And um, they're... They're coming to me because they're hitting 40 or sort of have hit 40. And, and the soul is always eyeing the decade markers each time. It's you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, and so on. Mm. And it's saying, okay, where do we go from here? How are we doing? You know, like, what do we need to, to do? So recalibrating and that sort of stuff. Uh, in fact, the one thing that the spirit guides had said about you is that you are, um, you, you know, you're just about um, on the cusp of something big. You probably feel that. Yeah, you know, like just you know, I'm just about to go over the edge here, and um, you, you know, it seems it seems to me like a watershed period for you here. A what? Like a watershed, like a time of change. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even just in a couple of months, things are going to look so different to how they are now. Yeah, it's going to really, really speed up, speed things up. And part of that is, but you be really sort of embracing the the path. There's something here about really going for it. You, mm -hmm. you you're giving it. 85%, but not 100%. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's just that little bit of, you know, being held back. Uh, powerlessness. So being so disempowered in that past life, that means that you're wanting to learn to be an empowered person in this life. And actually, it'll make it a big part of the journey, you know, a big part of the goal to, to learn to be empowered. And so I always say, if you're learning to be empowered, you want to empower other people as well. It's always karma. Yeah. I shouldn't say always. Invariably. Hmm. So, um, that that would be in part what the, in the work that you do for other people, you know, wanting to help to 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 give them tools and so on. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's I will say it's that dif difference between just giving somebody a fish and teaching them to fish. You you right. would very much be on that teaching to fish side of things. Um, let me see what else I mentioned. Oh, judgment. 
judgment is interesting. You know, you were judged. That whole humiliation and judged for your behavior and everybody knowing what you've done and so on. Um, that is part of, you know, why there's a part of you that wants to retreat a little bit. But I'm wondering, one of the most common signs that uh, that come with judgment is a fear around public speaking. And I'm wondering if you had to deal with that too. To yeah, to well, I was a... I'm a communication major. I was in college. And so having to do the public speaking part, I was like, you know, like that's so, so hard. And that's something that a lot of people have, you know? And so even, you know, to do a podcast is easy because it's like, it's just me and you talking, you know? And then later a lot of people hear it, but, um, I, I have had visions, very visceral visions that I'm standing in front of these large groups of people talking. And in, in my head, I'm going, I know that this is something I need, I need to do or get used to, or it's going to be in some way in my path, but terrifies me. Even you saying in a couple of months, things are going to be different. I've had three different people tell me that I know it's on its way. I want it. I know this is a part of my soul's journey, but it scares me. Yeah. Very much. Exactly. You know, and, and, but what we want to make sure is that you're not pushing it away. You know? Yeah. Um, and what we've done just today, airing the past life is often just enough to get some radical change going on. The moment the soul hears about it and goes, oh, shoot, okay, it's a past life. We won't worry about any of this stuff again. It just the, the blocks just dissipate. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, especially, you know, around, um, you know, the, the you're, you're here to learn to speak your truth. That's a really big one. That's what self-expression is about. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be second-guessing yourself all the time or um, worried about offending somebody or whatever it might be. You know, it's like, and, and I don't mean that you, you go totally the other way and go, who cares what the hell we think? You know, <laughs> it's, it's not that, but it's it's about being able to really confidently speak your truth without sort of you know, worrying about the effect on other people or something's going to come back and bite you in some way. You know, oh gosh, you know, what if I lose my career because I said something, I, you know, went to war? That is the exact thought. That is the exact thought. I think I about... Um, you know, people call it cancel culture. I call it accountability culture. <laughs> in a lot of ways, sometimes people do go after people in a way that's like, okay, that's really ridiculous. But yeah. um, there's a part of me so concerned about like, I don't, I don't want to offend anyone. My biggest um, thing, my mom has even said as a, as a kid, you hate being accused of something you didn't do or didn't oh. intend to do. And it is my, it just, it, 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 my whole body triggers up and lights up. If I get accused of something, oh, she said this, or she left out these people or whatever. I'm like, ah, you know, it's like, it is the end of the world. If that is the case, is this what this is coming from? Yeah, hmm. that's totally judgment. I, and uh, I used to say, uh, because I had, I had that fear really bad. I mean, it was huge, I mean, it was huge, huge phobia. I didn't speak in public for 30 years. Hmm. I mean, I just couldn't do it. I mean, I would, I, I've run out of rooms. I mean, I just like <laughs> could not do it. Huge panic attacks. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just, it's always a fast life thing. I mean, yeah. I wish somebody had told me that when I was younger. Uh, but I went through years, you know, just it ruled, absolutely ruled my life. Mm. So what I would say, I remember being maybe like 18 or 19 and saying to somebody this, I don't care what anybody says about me as long as it's true. Mm. And it was the false accusation that was the, when I finally was able, decades later, to look at a past life that created this fear, it's a false accusation, mm. and uh, so I would, be, I would get incredibly triggered by people misjudging me. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it seemed trivial, you know, like yeah, no big deal. But you know, it's, to me, it was a, like a really big thing. So that's where it's coming from for you as well. That makes sense. And, um, uh, just to give everybody a heads yeah. up, like the this this life he's talking about, I I do know about. Um, and it came like I was in Bali when uh, one of my uh, Reiki healer, her name is Holly Laurel Sloop, uh, did a session and she saw like a brief part of that. She's like, I, you were someone who was like higher up in society and you used to use your womanly guiles to empower yourself in some way or another. And I was like, wait, was I a prostitute? And she's like, not quite. But anyway, and so we've, we've spoken about that and knowing that that was actually something that had been uh, blocking me from finding a life mate. And mm-hmm. so, since then, I found that person. It happened, you know, shortly after that. So it was like that integration of that. So it's so cool to hear that affirmed by another person who doesn't know about that. Um, well, we will talk more about my past lives in our after show. But like, I'm going to answer some, ask some questions that some of my um, listeners have, have have brought to me. How many years 
does it take to get like roughly um, to get through the the whole process? And then how many do you have in each level? Oh, gosh, we are all different. So do you, you mean from life number one to life? Right. Just like whatever. roughly. Yeah, roughly. Roughly by 6,000 years. Mm -hmm. You know, could be pretty average, I think, mm -hmm. um, to get right to the end of it. Well, yeah. And then in between, then I guess in, we divide that by 10. Well, yeah, it's not quite as easy. Um, gosh, there are some interesting factors here. Okay, as you get to be a really old soul, you you could actually bash through level 10 pretty quickly. Mm. You know, in maybe, oh gosh, let's say you're going through level one. That could take you 12, 15 lifetimes, say. Mm -hmm. But you could get through level 10 maybe in six or seven. Mm -hmm. So it just depend on... The rate at which you're learning, you know, just how your soul feels you're doing, we are also totally different. Sometimes you really put on a spurt and you're racing forward. Other times you, you know, you fall and stumble and get held back, you know. So, yeah, somewhere, but you know, I always say between five and seven thousand years. Uh, the other question people want to know is, um, you know, how long do we spend between between yeah. lives on the astral plane? You know, yes, and that was my next question. That can be anywhere from. I was going to say 10 minutes. That's probably not quite right. But I mean, it's <laughs> very quick, quick turnaround, mm -hmm. depending on circumstances. It could be like you, you go to the astral plane, you go, oh, shoot, if I if I jump off tomorrow, I can I can get back into this family. It's probably plane. not enough. You know, it's like, you know, um, because you're seeing some circumstances. So I certainly have come across that before. But um, I mean, I've even come across people who are souls who are on the other side for 30 something years. Um, just waiting for the right opportunity. As a younger soul, you would it would be a short, much shorter time because you know you're not fussy about experience the same way you are when you're an older soul. But as an old soul, you want to get everything in you know in alignment. You want to learn yeah. this, you want to do that. You want to find parents who encourage you to get an education, whatever it is. You know, setting up your your entire life ahead of time as much as as possible. Is there a line like with only so many humans? kind of coming on the earth or whatever if are we producing more souls are souls splitting into two to come down here well, like, that, that was going to be my, that, the other thing i was going to say this is where it gets thing. a little a little complicated is that um if, if you look at the sort of the hockey stick graph of population growth over the last couple hundred years you know we, we've boom just you know it's you know accelerated so much that if you just had continual new souls coming in They'd all be really young souls, really inexperienced. It would pull everybody sort of back, you know. Yeah. We did, you know, because we all influence each other. Um, and so, old souls split off to me in multiple places, and mm. keeps that balance between young and old souls sort of reasonably fifty-fifty, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, but it also leads to an awful lot of growth. And if, imagine if you're in five different bodies which you could easily be i mean you could be mm. in multiple places right now i'm in f three four five and i think five total i think four other lives right now have you I'm met them no i'm teaching piano somewhere i don't play <laughs> piano you know, just, know. But, uh, but somewhere i'm teaching piano and you know so no this is an interesting thing and you don't seem to have any um uh interaction generally the or or a bleed through or an awareness of being in in that other life in Calcutta or wherever it might be, mm -hmm. you know, um, you can certainly get that sort of bleed throughs and those feeling things feelings from past lives. You know, How does it work if you so, die at different times? Okay, I was talking about how time is fluid, uh, sort of different on the other side, yeah. you know. So um, that was something that fascinated me. So I, when the guides first started telling me about this, I was going, okay, what happens if you die at age two? Mm -hmm. And then there's all these other parts of you. Um, one goes on to 96 and the others are in the 80s or whatever. Um, they said, yeah, you just, uh, this that part of the soul just waits for the others. It'll mm. just wait wait on the astral plane. Mm. But it, like I said, it was not, it's not kind of, you know, looking at his watch and calendars and going, oh my God, I'm so bored here. It's just like <laughs> somehow it's just, it all seems to happen quicker or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sort of in a nutshell is how how that works. Interesting. Yeah. So what about you? I'm sure you've heard of this term twin flame. And yep. the idea for me for twin flame is I think just to be quite frankly, it's a bunch of shit. 
But it's mostly because the idea is that you come together with this other part of your soul and this very toxic kind of alignment uh, where it's like could be the greatest love you could ever have, but you're basically going to have to go through all this shit to get it. Um, what is that? What does that look like to you? Or what do you what do you what do your guides say about that? Just, just about the same same as you said. <laughs> there. Um, yeah, I, it's like people. I think there's this romanticized idea, like oh, you meet this twin flame, you know, even just the the, the words they sound so evocative. Um, my my little experience of that. Well, first of all, my spirit guides don't use the term twin twin flame, but they will talk about how you meet this. And this is actually what you were going to earlier, but meeting this other aspect of yourself, a twin flame or somebody, what what that implies is it's it's another aspect of your soul. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, when you're you're in four or five different places, yeah, um, you'd be scattered throughout the world. So you're not going to bump into each other, except by agreement, and it's um, it's almost always the same soul level agreement. It's called an angel agreement, and that's where one or both agree that maybe it can be a mutual thing or it could be one side that you need some help. Mm. Often it's a way when the spirit guides are feeling they're not getting through to you and they take somebody on the physical plane, an earth angel. And we all do it. We all do it for each other. We've all been angels for us. Yeah. And we've all had people do the angel thing for us. And it, it's a way to... Um, get a message through sometimes when the small still voice of the spirit guys is not being heard so the one way to do this is to an angel doesn't have to be this other aspect of you but it does have to be somebody from your soul family Hmm. but when when you come together sometimes it's these two parts the same soul but you know different places saying we need help so let's come together and usually it's a very short things like a it could be days or weeks to come into each other's lives inspire change um, show a different way of being it can be a, a rebound it can be an inspiring affair it could be a teacher mentor sort of type thing um somebody comes romantic. along no it doesn't right. have to be any but it will change your life or you're changing their life and one of the fascinating things about this and i'm sure everyone's had, had this somewhere along the line is that when you are acting as an angel for somebody you're channeling you don't know it but you're getting information you're finding wise words you might even afterwards go oh i really seem to say the right thing there i don't know where that came from you're channeling um and and the thing is you don't because you're channeling it doesn't go into the the memory banks the same so what often happens is the person who's been the recipient has will say you know what you said to me a month ago changed my life made me look at things differently uh, thank you so much. And you're left going, oh, you know, what I, did I, I say? Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> what, what I said. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because I, uh, I'm, I know I'm a channeler, and it's something mm. that comes through, and I can recognize it when it's happening. Um, even a lot of the questions I get, like I, I pray before we get on and say, what is, what does the collective need to hear? What do they need healing with, or whatever? And so those questions mm-hmm. will come out of the blue. Um, but I don't ever remember what I said. <laughs> doesn't get stored the same way um this is so interesting um my my last question for this part of the interview is um when we talk about reincarnation um there was one someone presented this concept to me and you know how like you have those random concepts that come to you and you always kind of chew on them every once in a while and uh they had said something along the lines of um reincarnation is not uh a soul's journey and all this other stuff reincarnation is actually slavery um, from aliens or whoever is beyond here or whatever. And so when you die, you shouldn't go towards the light. The light is actually recycling you back to get your energy, something along those lines. Um, you need to go essentially the other way in order to be freed of this, this constant uh, cycle that we keep getting uh, torn into. That really didn't resonate with me. So I didn't really align myself with that idea. But when we do think about reincarnation, can you get to level five and be like, all right, I'm ready to bounce. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> like, do no. you have to go to the astral plane? And then you're like, you know, obviously we know things differently than we know here in the conscious mind. But yeah. you, once you start this process, do you, do you have to finish it? Yes, mm-hmm. you do. Okay. The, the, and the thing is that soul feels very differently to, to, compared to the, the how the conscious mind is. So um, 
you know, I think, again, if it was up to the conscious mind, we'd all be going after, you know, at, at this point, we'd probably be going, oh, gosh, I don't want to come back. You know, I'm done here. <laughs> this is enough. This has been exhausting. This is grueling. Once you get over to the astral plane, the soul is just pragmatic. Because mm-hmm. they just simply goes, okay, what do we need to, to still do? Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, you you do get that thing. Uh, uh, you know, we talk about where you, 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 know, you can look at a baby. And they just have the baby has that look of oh god what the hell was I thinking I know. why did I come back you know because once you're here everything feels much more dense and you know back into it and it's like oh it seemed like a really good idea mm-hmm. but uh, you know so, you know I mean it's all in in the means making fairly wise decisions and it's getting a lot of help but it's not perfect you know sometimes it does just maybe it, it bites off too much for mm-hmm. for one life or or whatever. Is when when they feel like they've bitten too much off, is does the soul make a choice to exit then? And if they do make that choice to exit prim- prematurely of their plan, it like we think about like people dying, how tragically they die. Like, what is the how how does a soul make that choice? Well, you know, if, the, the soul has no. Um, the hard there's so many aspects to this, yeah. Because I mean, like, yeah, where do where do I begin? I mean, there's this, the the suicide thing. I mean, if you know, sometimes people just we just do. We are so overwhelmed by life on the physical plane, um, you know. Because there are these, I I think they're disempowering messages, you know, that say, you know, you would you would never, you know, you never choose more than you could handle. Well, that's not true. I mean, some yes, maybe you wouldn't choose it, but you know, things happen once you're here. Yeah. You know? I mean, it drives me nuts when I hear people saying, well, you know, wherever you're meant to be, that's where you're meant to be, or, you know, wherever you are, you're meant to be. It's like, no, you know, it's like, try telling that to somebody who's been waterboarded upside down in a secret Mm. prison cell somewhere. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of disempowering messages that um, that do do bug bug the hell out of me because they put people into a passive place. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you're going, well, this is just how it is. Well, great. You're not going to do anything to change anything, or to, or to say I, you know, I'm spiritual, so I don't get involved in politics or something like right. that. Right. Well, that's great. But other people are getting involved in politics, and, uh, and other people choice. are affected by your lack of uh, involvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when we when we make our plan, though, like when we're up in the astral plane and we're sitting down, do we decide and say, okay, yes, I'm going to get until I'm 25, and then I'm going to die tragically in a car crash. No, <laughs> that okay. just doesn't happen. No, okay. that that that's interesting. Again, I think that's um, you know, it's just a bit, a bit of a myth, you know, that that somehow we you know we plan every sort of little bit. In the main, that the no, the the death is not planned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's that's very me. different than what I've heard. Very much no. so. So how does so, it? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I it, it, boy, I was, uh, there there are no circumstances. That I've come across, where I've seen somebody saying, "Well, I'm deliberately checking out mm-hmm. here." Mm-hmm. What you can get is you can get, you know, shit happens, so you can get sick, mm-hmm. and you can have a, uh, an emotional component to that as well. I'll be looking at a past life sometimes, and I might get something that where the spirit guides would say the person died from the effects of cholera and uh, loneliness. Mm-hmm. Or isolation or something so it's a kind of emotional component mm-hmm. to it as well what they really mean is that because maybe they've lost everyone in the family and they're sick themselves they don't want to be here you know mm-hmm. so that emotional component says yeah they didn't fight it they didn't make any effort to to heal or recover because they didn't want to want to be here so mm-hmm. I, do, I do see that but um i you know when people say well it happened for a reason mm-hmm. no shit happens mm-hmm. but what this is an important thing is one of i think one of the most profound things that i've ever gotten from the spirit guides is that they say that the experience is not the lesson the lesson is what you draw from the experience and there's always a positive lesson no matter how challenging or awful the experience mm. so it's much more it's not about saying oh that happened for a reason i was you know i was given cancer for this lesson no no if cancer happened now, what do you take? What's the lesson? What can you draw from that? Wow, that's a very empowering thought. That's empowering, and where where the other one is not, that somehow we're like you know victims of circumstance, and there's nothing we can do, and 
Yeah. Wow. Ugh, I feel like we could keep going, but you guys, yeah. if you want to hear the rest of this interview, go to patreon.com slash the lovely to hear the rest of it. We're going to, uh, Ainsley's going to read me, read me <laughs> a little <laughs> bit more in the, the next part. And I might have a more, a bit more questions. Um, so before we go, um, mm-hmm. can you tell everybody where they can find you? They can find me at ainsleymcleod.com or go to soulworld.com and uh, check out Soul World Sunday, where every, every Sunday I do a half-hour broadcast with my wife, Christine, and uh, we get a taste of what we do in our membership program as well. So Lovely. check it out. Um, you guys definitely check out his new book, The Old Soul's Guidebook. Uh, who you are, why you're here, and how to navigate your life on Earth. So we will continue this conversation on Patreon. If you like this episode, please like and subscribe and send it to someone you love, and we will see you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyaliyah.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Aaliyah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.